Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Mark Sheeran and I will be talking today about how people fully break free from the addiction and recovery trap. We, along with our colleague Stephen Slate, wrote The Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap, and The Freedom Model for the Family. The Freedom Model offers a completely different approach to addiction, and we offer a real solution that's logically based and individual-centered. We offer two ways to learn the Freedom Model in private one-on-one classes, and that is at our beautiful St. Jude Retreat, or through at-home Freedom Model private instruction, which we do via video conference, usually Zoom. You can get information about these options at thefreedommodel.org and soberforever.net, or by calling 1-888-424-2626. And today, what we want to talk about, we're gonna we're gonna go dive deep into one of the main reasons that people or or, or benefits people see in um, in binge using their favorite substance. And that is, we call it in the book, the battle for independence. It, it's a recurring theme here at the retreat. Yeah. So, so people, um, let me let me frame this out for you. We're going to talk about the binge construct, which we've we've talked about in other podcasts. But let let me frame it out. So, you have a drinker. We'll, we'll specifically talk about drinking, but it can be drugs as well. Okay. Um, you have a drinker who's drank. Uh, sporadically or even consistently at times in their life for a period of time, maybe years, maybe decades. But but, but maybe non-problematically for right. the most part. Yep. yep. It can look, like I said, sporadically or even consistently, but, but without major ramifications. Maybe there were some problems there, occasionally a DUI or something, um, or not. Then uh, they, they meet somebody, uh, they get married, um, and their spouse is totally dead set against this type of drinking, the occasional bender or whatever. And so the person then goes underground with their drinking. And as as my guests will often say, I kind of go dark. Mm-hmm. All right. Now they might go to a hotel. They might go to the garage. And what happens or is the basement. The basement. Yeah. <clears throat> Man cave. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And so they, when they do this. They feel like they have to stuff 50 pounds of potatoes in a two-pound bag. <laughs> All of a sudden, the drinking, it gets massively accelerated because it becomes opportunistic drinking. And that is every time there is a space, a vacuum, they're able to uh, – they, they run off and they have a binge. And eventually, they do this often enough that their spouse – or loved ones or employers start to figure it out. They figure out the pattern and they get chastised and there's all kinds of uh, problems that result. You know, they may be forced to go to rehab, um, forced to go to meetings, forced to go to detox or or something of that nature. That's right. So um, what's interesting is when that person comes to the retreat and I've worked and Michelle's worked with these people for oh, I don't know, yeah, 32 years now, um, they'll say to me, you know, I, my God, it turns out wretched and I don't even like it. And again, we've talked about this in other podcasts, but we're going to talk specifically in, at a different angle about this. And I don't know why I'm doing this. I, you know, I, and, and what I've learned as an instructor, as a presenter here at, at the retreat is I ask them a question. I say, how long do you escape uh, in these or or get benefits in these binges? In these well, batters? let me just, he, he's going to keep going, but so their benefit that they're seeing, so they identify it and they say, 
I, I do it to escape or I do it to, you know, I kind of drink at my spouse or, but, but the, so they, they'll list the benefits. So they do know what they are at this point. Yeah. That's a good point. And they'll say, you know, I really, I, I get the benefit for about five drinks. They might mm-hmm. say two drinks, five drinks, a couple hours. And I say, well, wait, wait a minute. You're, you're telling me that the bender ends up to be six days long on average for you? And they go, yeah, yeah. I, 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 then I get into the withdrawal cycle and I kick the can down the road and it turns into this big shit show. And then it takes me three days to recover after that and all the stuff is piled up. And I say, so you haven't escaped anything? No, no, I haven't. I, and, and then that adds more confusion. Right. And this is where I see people get drastically hopeless, okay? And they are absolutely, totally depressed and confused as to why they keep destroying themselves in this really almost violent style of drinking and drugging. And and I go, okay, we know that you are driven by the positive drive principle and the benefits you see on the front end. And they say, yeah, but the benefits are so short. I say, I know that. And I say, well, how long were the benefits when you had a bender when you were younger or when you first started this pattern? And they say, well, God, when I would go on a bender when I was 25, it was a mystical experience. I mean, I would go on a bender for three days. It was so fun. And I say, really? So so it was. And Michelle, you can jump in at any point. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just, it, it, I like, for me, spring break in Daytona Beach comes to mind, right? I mean, spring break was like six days of absolute debauchery. I mean, it's it was, but it was so fun. I mean, the whole experience was, was magical for me, you know? And it was drinking from the moment you got up to the moment you went to bed, using drugs, um, you know, going to the clubs, and and it was it was magical, but I was 21 years old. Well, what we see on the front end of a drinking career is that benders tend to be uh, exciting because mm-hmm. they're new. And anything that is habitual that is new uh, is is vibrant. It's exciting, and you can live in a sort of state of mythology and fantasy. And you can make the benefits, the perceived benefits of alcohol and drugs very real to yourself. And you can live in that in that place. The problem is, is that as the context of drinking gets longer and the context of your life gets longer, That's it. Uh, you can't kid yourself anymore. You can't live in these ridiculous fantasies anymore. You can't live in the drama anymore. You can't... Um, believe in the mysticism anymore. And the reason is very simple. You've habituated it. And anything that becomes habituated, the reality that it's boring starts to come through. Hmm. But the problem is this, because people don't realize that that is happening, that they're habituating this entire mystical experience into non-existence. And reality is coming through in the bender. They don't realize that that has happened, that that process, that very normal human habituation process has happened they have the hope that they can just get back that magic yes yes and and when you tie in this hope that you're going to get back the magic along with this you know the other idea out there that when i start i can't stop 
you know, when you tie the all of the mythology together, it kind of creates this perfect storm of, I feel like I'm doing what I don't want to do, but I really still want to do it. Yeah. And, and because you haven't recognized the fact that, first of all, that in the habituation process where your mind habituates something that you repeat and it becomes mundane, you don't recognize that that has happened because it takes a long time for that habituation to happen. And it's sort of a slow process. And so all of a sudden, you're kind of struck one day with the fact that you're on these benders and it's not working anymore. But what is the hope? What is the thing that drives the bender to begin with? Well, one is opportunity. Oh, I get to drink quickly. Yep. I better go get a bunch of fireball and vodka and hammer it down quick or else I'm not going to be able to get my little moment of, of relief and happiness. But then once you're in it and the happiness and that relief literally dissolves because you've habituated it so much that it's boring now, you double down. That is the problem. You double down in the hopes that the more alcohol you'll drink, the more the mysterious, mystical experience will come back. But it doesn't. It doesn't. And that's the sad part. Then you get depressed. You get violent. You start drunk texting people. Reality is your mind is completely actively breaking through the buzz with all the bullshit of your life. Because now with benders, you have a lot of bullshit. You have a lot of mess. And then you double down even harder because you're like, if I drink a gallon of vodka, maybe I'll feel like I did when I was 19. Maybe I'll feel like I did when I was 35. Maybe I'll feel like that time in uh, Florida, you know, for spring break, maybe it'll come back. Yeah. And, and also, so when you, when you add to all of this, the idea that you've got this person in your life, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a parent, um, maybe it's a sibling or, or a child, you know, one of your children that's telling you, you can't do this. You have to stop doing this. And, and so that, that piles on the guilt and shame, right? And it also builds this fantasy up even bigger because this is your way to exert your autonomy. This is your way to let yourself know I'm in charge, but you don't feel like you're in charge. You feel like kind of the substance is in charge, you know? So, so I, do you see what we're painting here? We're painting this, um, like it's kind of a mess. The whole thing is a big mess that you, you, you're building value into the substance by other people telling you you can't do it. You're building value into the substance by feeling as if there's this, you can get back that fantasy you had when you were a kid. You're building value into the experience when you hide it, when you sneak around. Um, I mean, this is a this is a huge thing to unpack. So, so you know, I'm talking directly to the the people that might be listening and thinking, you know, you say it's just a choice. Well. You can see where that choice can become completely confounding. Yeah, it gets lost in everything. Now, what Michelle just described are all the building blocks of a mental binge construct. So it's imagine that you're building a house in your mind. It's a construct. It's got pieces. It's got parts that build value. She described, you know, the ritual the opportunistic ritual, right? Yes. Um, the I'm going to drink at my husband or wife power and control uh, scenario uh, benefit. The benefit is 
uh, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And and if it means I'm going to sit in the middle of the living room and drink this bottle of vodka in front of you and the kids and create a shit show, well then so be it. You know Mm -hmm. what? This is what I'm going to do to hurt you back. You're going to try and take this from me? Oh, no, you're not. So then that's part of your construct, right? And then behind all of that is this desire to escape all of it. Yeah. And and that's a lot of times when you start to hide, when you start to go to hotels or the, the garage or trying to hide it. Maybe you're not so much drinking at the person anymore. And maybe you assert your control by having your little construct, your little fantasy island, right? <laughs> and And the problem is this. Even when you were 25 and having that mystical experience, it was never the alcohol or the drugs. That's it was always it. you. You were you were mentally masturbating about something that you had created in your own mind and it's how you interpreted a physical buzz. And in that interpretation, you built value into that experience. So you got physically drunk, you got physically high, and then you interpreted it in the western cultural magical way. You believe in magic. You don't believe in objective reality. You're creating magic within yourself. And when we do this, when we live in a fantasy, uh, it only lives so long because reality is going to come crushing in. And the older we get, the more reality crushes the mystical experience, which is why benders become these painful, ridiculous things. Because the reality that they are painful things comes through heavier than the fantasy can. And that's only because you've lived too long to live mm-hmm. in in magic. You know, I, I pointed out to Mark um, or before our podcast that he and I and, and a lot of young people now grow up with this idea that if you ever drink a drug, you're going to be an addict. And so for us, the deviance, which adds to the allure, it adds to the attractiveness of the <coughs> substance, you know, and, it, you know, it can happen when you're older because somebody told you not to, or it can happen right from go because, you know, I was in a household that was, that was abstinent when I, my teen years, and it was very taboo. And we even see this with the drinking age being raised to 21, alcohol becomes taboo for young people. So, so you start drinking in a deviant fashion right from the beginning. Yeah, there was never a time that I drank with impunity until I was probably 17 where I had decided that I liked it so much that I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna drink, I'm gonna just go nuts. And again, that was me asserting control against the powers that be, and frankly, they all gave up on me because I was so (laughs) out of of control and nuts at the time. Um, But but yeah, it's, I I can remember young having to hide it and it, and when you do that, it becomes like a, uh, it becomes weird. Yeah, you know, it, you start getting thing. weird. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I went away to college, and that was the only thing I wanted to do. You know, so does any wonder that I I allowed myself to stay in college just enough? I always worked um, to stay in college long enough to to really party. But I I would get on academic probation. I'd make sure I got off of it so I could stay living the way I wanted to live without, you know, but I always knew in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, clearly, you know, so then you compound it with clearly I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict. And um, at some point I'm going to have to stop, but it's not going to be now. Right. <laughs> you right, know? Yeah. 
But yeah. I want to I want to also go back to another point you made because I think it's so important, and that's hope. That is when you when you keep going back to like maybe you've gotten in a binge pattern and and you know you go a period of time abstinent maybe it's a couple weeks maybe it's a couple months and then you kind of go underground and you and you start doing what you really want to do again you're right you start in that process not because you're relapsing into addiction but you go back to it because you have hope that you can get back the feeling you had at one point in time and you may feel that way for the first little while because because you allow because you not because of the drug but because you allow yourself to let go of your stress trauma whatever it is you're trying to escape from or whatever the purpose yeah. of the binge is here's what's interesting the reason that that happens at the beginning of a binge and not the end is because at the beginning you're going from a state of sober to drunk or high and in right. that transition in that physical transition it's a new experience every time and in the newness let's say you do this every month in the newness the newness of that initial shot of a buzz through your body you're just you'll allow yourself to be distracted but here's the problem as the context of your life gets longer and bigger and more robust with age the magic of a new experience that you've repeated multiple times gets shorter and shorter because your head is full of stuff. <laughs> and and when you're 16, your head isn't full of stuff. You barely have 16 years worth of memories. When you're 45, Christ, you've probably got kids. Yep. You've got careers, some that have failed, some you have houses and apartments and traveling and and all this stuff. Yeah. You see? So so all of that reality crushes this illusion that you've escaped by concentrating on a physical buzz. That only can last so long. And I, I literally have done the research now by interviewing tens of thousands of people and it's five drinks. Yeah. It's a couple of hits. And look, at we've done the research personally. We both uh, maintained abstinence for a period of 20 years. And I can we've been drinking moderately now for the past 10 years, a little more than 10 years. And and I can say when I first when I first went back to drinking, um I I had to discover. I had to find out because I didn't know it. I had to find out that what we were learning about substances was true, which is that it didn't have these magical properties. And I have to tell you the first couple times I, I you know, exp- like was buzzed or even intoxicated, um it was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and in that letdown, I realized holy shit it's because I have a good life. It's because I have a full life. It's because the context of drinking doesn't mean that much to me. No. And then I started to realize, I started I started really looking at my life and I go, my God, it's because I've had children. I watched my kids be born. Is a drunk really that exciting compared to that? Right. It's not. It can't compare. It can't. And I started to really look at the values of choices. But more than that, I knew, 
objectively the logical error that I used to carry, which was that drugs and alcohol had some sort of mental relieving capability. Right. Because I didn't carry that when I felt the buzz. I didn't interpret it that way anymore. That's it. That's it. I wanted to. There, I can remember, th- you know, the, the, within the first few years where, where alcohol was back in my life, having that, that, that passing thought that, oh, I had a crappy day. I should, I should go home and, you know, crack open a bottle of wine. And then my next thought was, why? Yeah, I've actually done it. Yeah. I, I actually uh, told my wife one day, I said, listen, I'm going to get a bottle of vodka. I'm going to run an experiment. I'm going to get totally shithoused and I'm going to see if there's magic. Yes. And I did that and, and I was I was sitting at the kitchen table and she was laughing at me because I was sloppy drunk and, and uh, I found that I was thinking all the rational oh, thoughts. All the I, same thoughts. I, and, and really I was annoyed because I was like, shit, you know, I got to Now I'm got drunk. Work. Now I got to sleep this off. Uh, yeah, not only that, but I was like, I got, I, I started thinking about work and stuff <laughs> and I was like, now I couldn't even think about work and I was like, God, you know, because I was so, so hammered. And uh, that's the only time I've done that because I, I ran the experiment and there was no magic. None. So once you understand this stuff, you really never go back. There, I, the yeah, irony it, it, is it, that <laughs> the irony is that when a binge gets to the point to where we're describing it, you're really close to the end yes. because reality is way too strong. Your reality, your life is breaking. Your mind is breaking through the magic. It no longer believes in silliness. Yeah. And and here's the thing about hope. You can have hope for a lot of different things. You know, I'm shifting your hope from, oh, I'm going to I'm going to escape in, you know, in this high from heroin or this, you know, buzz from alcohol or or marijuana. You know, you can have the hope in that or you can have just the hope that you know what, my life is pretty good. And I've gotten through a million different things already. And I'm going to get through this too. Um, you know, without that. And so I specifically, um, you know, if, if for me, if I feel the need, I'm stressed out, I feel the need to escape. Um, I know it's not real. So I can do it with any activity, you know, like you can never really escape, but you can go for a two mile walk. Um, you can go for a drive and listen to music. You can go hang out with a friend for, you know, spend the night with your best friend. I mean, you can do all of these other activities when you know that substances don't have these magical powers to help. You're not going to want them anymore because the costs are so damn high. And there's all, there's, there's infinite activities that you can do that may actually have real value in your life and work a whole hell of a lot better. You know, yeah. I mean, that's 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 what it amounts to. So I'm not talking about replacement. I'm talking about um, devaluing substances, putting them in their rightful place, which is what we help people to do. Um, and then, you know, if you you have these moments that everybody has, where you're, you know, you're what people call the fuckets, or where you know, just life is tough on that particular day. Um, you can find you op- you just opened up your world to so many possibilities um, for what you can do, and a lot of times for me, it's just addressing what's stressing me out, just fixing the problem instead of procrastinating and and see if it just gets better on its own. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So so this is we've we've covered a lot of ground, um, and I just want we'll just wrap it up now. Yeah. So so there's a lot. 
to a binge construct because try to remember it has pieces like a house right in your mind and the vast majority of what you're thinking is based in myths that you've been taught in our culture yes. now to identify those you probably should read or get the audio book that we now have of the freedom model for addictions or take our classes or we're going to have a seminar series there's so many resources we now have that are affordable for people but if you find yourself binging and it's destroying your life um, you may want to come to the retreat so that we can look eye to eye and say, okay, let's deconstruct your house. Yes. Um, we, that takes, uh, some doing, I just did this with a fellow, we'll call his, we'll say his name is Tom. I always use Tom or John. Um, and, uh, Tom needed four weeks to deconstruct his binge construct because it was eight years long of pain and he was about to lose everything. So, right. um, and I've dealt with this with thousands of people and they've moved on once they deconstructed their binge construct. Yeah, you can, it, it can be done and not everybody needs, uh, you know, to come residentially. Um, a lot of people are getting a lot of, a lot from just listening to our podcasts and yes, we now have an audio book, um, over the next few weeks, it'll be available on just about every platform where you can get an audio book. Um, we've got it put up, but it takes some time to process it. It's available right now on audible. Um, and I, I think, can you get it right on our website? Not yet. It's, it's going on. It takes 10 days for it to be recognized by, uh, Google. Yes. So, so, but, but it is on Amazon and audible right now, if you want to listen to it and, um, yeah, it's what a, what a great resource for people. And remember, we also have our YouTube channel with a lot of videos. Mark is posting new videos up almost every day. I have not been because I've been working on the lessons for the uh, online program, which were almost which is almost completed. Yeah, well, within the next uh, three weeks, we'll have that launched. And uh, yeah, so we got a lot going on. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting. exciting. All right. I'm going to close it up. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I, I, oh. I do want to say one quick Sorry. thing. That's okay. <laughs> I just thought of it and because I want, I want people to know that what our goal is. Our long-term goal is to replace the treatment recovery 12-step system. Yes. And we're going to do that with what we call Freedom Model International, which we're launching. We are constructing it right now, and that's going to be a worldwide private confidential series of seminars that you can join. And we will build a community of like-minded people that want freedom and freedom from the whole uh, addiction recovery uh, paradigm that's causing damage to, to the world. Um, so I just want you to know that if you see um, maybe some blogs and some information, we will be running ads worldwide, internationally, on social media. Uh, we hope that you'll join us in our seminar series and be a part of it. There will be a nominal charge because uh, we have to make a living somehow. <laughs> Can't do everything for free. Uh, but you can get our books for free, which Michelle will explain right now. Yes. Um, so, yeah, exciting. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. If you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or another habitual behavior problem, or you want help breaking free and moving past recovery as well, you can reach us at one 424 2626 or through our websites, thefreedommodel.org 
leaveaddictionbehind.com and soberforever.net. Thefreedommodel.org is our hub. We have a bunch of different resources, including videos, these podcasts, and our eBooks. You can get digital edition of our books, The Freedom Model for Addictions and The Freedom Model for the Family, um, uh, for free to our podcast listeners. Um, You can get them at thefreedommodel.org. Enter coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout. Um, If you have questions you want to reach us, you can always call us at our toll-free number, 1-888-424-2626, or email us at info at thefreedommodel.org. Follow us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and subscribe to the Freedom Model YouTube channel. Um, We have three private Facebook groups we started for people to discuss their experiences breaking free from addiction and perpetual recovery. They are the Freedom Model Group, Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery, and Families Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery. There are some great leaving AA and deprogramming groups on Facebook as well. If you think you need detox, whether that's from alcohol, benzos, opiates, or even Suboxone or Methadone, you can contact our friends at Gallus Detox. That's G as in girl, A-L-L-U-S is in Sam, detox.com. And they will definitely help you. From everyone here at the St. Jude Retreat and the Freedom Model, we wish you well. Until next time.